You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM with Mankir and Audra. We're going to talk about how communities in BC Central and Southern Interior are bracing for more flooding. We're going to talk about the flooding situation and how to build resilient communities. We are now speaking to Brent Ward, Professor of Earth Sciences, Co-Director at the Center for Natural Hazards Research at Simon Fraser University. Brent, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for having me. So please tell us, what are the areas of concerns and what is the situation looking like here? Well, I think right now uh, it wasn't too bad over the weekend uh, because I guess we didn't get as much rain and, you know, the temperatures were maybe a little bit cooler. Uh, The concern is actually in the next week or so uh, where we've got uh, a very uh, significant heat wave coming and that is going to trigger a lot of snowmelt and uh, so the situation will likely become worse over the next week. And let's talk a bit about that. I mean, how is this change in temperatures really affecting this flooding situation? Well, because we had such a cool spring, there's still significant snow in the mountains. And, you know, in the interior, when that snow melts, that usually results in the highest water level in in the rivers. And so if we have a lot of snow and then suddenly it gets much warmer and even worse associated with that increase in temperature, we get rainfall which actually helps to melt the snow even faster then the rivers can rise very quickly and we can have flooding and that's sort of what we've had uh, in Cache Creek and in Grand Forks which is kind of the two most concerning areas right now. And I want to talk a little bit about Grand Forks because I'm thinking back to you know 2018 you know so much of the community was impacted there I mean what lessons especially has that community learned from 2018 that they're applying you know to this year? Well, I think they have a better understanding of which uh, areas are are at uh, risk of flooding. And certainly um, there's been a significant amount of of sandbagging that's occurring. And, um, I mean, that will help. But, you know, at some point uh, you have to think about some of these areas on the floodplain that flood all the time and whether or not, you know, people should be bought out and they should actually, you know, not live there anymore. That's a, that's a really big topic there, too. And how important is it, especially for communities, you know, knowing that they're on floodplains or they're an area that's at risk, how important is it to take proactive measures? And what do those measures look like? Well, the measures are to keep the dikes up to date. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, so a dike is a, is a kind of a wall or a, a berm uh, beside the river that's supposed to keep the, the water in the river channel and not have it go onto the floodplain. Um, a lot of times these are kind of neglected features. They're just, you know, and quite often there's a nice path on it. So people are familiar with these things, even if they don't know what they are. Um, but the problem is, is, is they need to be upgraded and made higher because what we're seeing with climate change is that what used to be a one in a hundred year flood um, is now like a one in 50 year flood. And so, you know, update, uh, you know, uh, maintenance and and updating those dikes is, is something that communities have to start doing on a regular basis. And are we seeing that in these communities or is it clearly not enough? Well, the problem is it's the money. A lot of these smaller communities don't have the funding, and so there has been a lot of discussion uh, with the provincial government about making, uh, I guess, monies uh, more available for some of these communities that just don't have, say, the tax base 
to, uh, you know, raise enough money to do these kind of dike improvements. So it's a very complicated, uh, you know, question because there's multiple levels of government involved. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who bought a house not knowing maybe that they were at risk are the ones that are going to be suffering. And I think that's the part that makes this so complicated is like you said, you have multiple levels of government that have to be involved in this issue. And how important is it, you know, when it comes to the federal, the provincial and even the municipal government that everybody's kind of on the same page on addressing these issues? Yeah, it's it's really important. And, you know, articles written about, you know, the procedure and how difficult it is to kind of access money. And really, it needs to be an integrated approach because you have you know, two communities along the same river. And, you know, if they would act. Oh, sorry, Brent, you kind of broke up there. I might just get you to repeat what you said there. Okay, I'll try and remember what I said. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, it's really important um, because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussions about how uh, communities can access the money and, um, you know, maybe a more integrated approach because you could have two communities on the same river that are trying to upgrade their dikes. Maybe one gets the money, one doesn't. But it might be better if they could, you know, have a plan together to make a, a, a protection structure that is is more um, efficient. And I know this is like a very big question, but we always hear resilient communities, building a resilient community. What does that look like? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. It the problem we have is that we have a legacy of a lot of houses that were allowed to be built on the floodplain and then we have to try to protect them. The idea of a resilient community is is that you actually reinforce the community so it can survive these kind of natural hazards. So with flooding the idea might be, okay, we allow the river to cover this part of the floodplain. So we move the dikes back, and that allows more water, right, to go through the, the um, area without overtopping the dikes. Um, houses, you know, would be planned to be built up on top of pads, so they're up above the what is the one in 200-year flood. Um, you, you know, access to these areas, you know, would be try to be planned so that people could get back and forth to their houses during flood situations. And so, you know, you know very well how serious it was with the Sumas Prairie flooding. And, you know, people couldn't get to their houses. They couldn't get to their livestock. And so it was a it was a huge disaster. It really was. And I think it once again brings up that conversation about the importance of having really clear communication, good alert systems. Have we improved in that area? Yeah, for sure we have. I mean, uh, a lot of lessons were learned from that. And I think the situation has been streamlined now so that, uh, you know, people know, you know exactly who's, who's going to make the announcement and, and what to do. As you remember, there was this confusion about Abbotsford not wanting to use the provincial alert system because most of the people in Abbotsford were safe. It was a small area. And so, you know, trying to figure out how to communicate to those people that are most at risk that need to get out without causing, you know, a whole bunch of people wondering what, you know, where they should go when they're not at risk. And now, Brent, I think something I don't want to ignore here because I think it's super important. It is also Emergency Preparedness Week. And how important is it for all of us to be prepared for, you know, when a natural disaster hits? Yeah, well, I think it's really important. I mean, you look at what's happening in Alberta, where, uh, you know, a lot of people have had to evacuate. I think it's like, 
I don't know, 20,000 people are now out of their houses because of wildfires. So in terms of being prepared, there's lots of different levels. But, you know, when you think that, you know, you're coming into fire season or flood season, then you need to be, and you think you're at risk, then you need to be ready to move at a, at a, at a rapid, you know, uh, with short notice. And so you need to have, say, you know, important things together, um, you know, pet food, uh, prescriptions, etc., you know, important documents that you may want to preserve and maybe have that accessible. Because what we see over and over again is all of a sudden people go, oh, my gosh, I have to leave now. And they don't have all the things they need uh, when they leave. Uh, True. It's super important. It's an important reminder for all of us to do that. Brent, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Yeah, and don't forget about earthquakes. Um, You know, we have uh, potential for significant earthquakes here. I mean, flooding is probably our most, flooding and fires is the most, you know, recurring one. But when we have an earthquake, that'll be a big deal as well. Well said there, Brent. Thank you so much for your time. You take care. Thank you.